to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today I have an amazing guest joining me, Josh Summers, to discuss the topic of Bible memorization, but from a very unique perspective. So in our American culture, we have this incredible benefit of complete access to the Bible. We have hard copies available in multiple translations and styles and large print and small print. We have numerous Bible apps and websites. You can get the Bible through the library and so much more. But what if you found yourself with access to nothing? No hard copies of the Bible, no internet access to the Bible, nothing. Well, that's exactly what happened to Josh. Join me in listening to Josh's story of how the Bible was stripped away from him and how God used that situation to create a drive within him to memorize the entire New Testament. But first, a word from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. My mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to the podcast. Oh, One other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. Our guest today, Josh, is a dad of two strapping young boys who love two things more than anything else. Wrestling and Legos. <laughs> he is a native Texan who has been blessed to travel the world, experiencing different cultures, foods, and even expressions of faith. 
He's authored best-selling travel books and built successful businesses. But he's also learned the hard way that our identity is not based on what we do. Josh currently lives with his family in Southeast Asia, where they have been stuck since the global pandemic began. Please welcome Josh. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ellen, it's good to be here on the on the Bible and Coffee or the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to us with your story. And when I read about it, I was just absolutely fascinated and so excited to talk to you about it and really inspiring all at the same time. So I'm so glad you did. So let's start with, tell us about your history in moving overseas kind of to where you are today. Absolutely. I I grew up in Texas, like I said, and part of being a Texan, I feel like, is having the opportunity to go down to Mexico. It's just too close, right? And so being able to go down there, I would go down with my youth group probably once a year, uh, and it really whet my appetite for different cultures, different cuisines, different, uh, yeah, even like I said in the beginning, the, the different expressions of faith. So the way that church is done in different places can really be inspiring to watch a church in Mexico worship, right? Is different than the way that we worship in the U.S. Uh, you know, sometimes we grow up in the Western church and we think that this is the only way that church is done, but it's not. This is just our expression of how we do church. And so getting to see that in different parts of the world was really fascinating to me and really inspiring. So I've had the chance to go around and when my wife and I, I got married after college, uh, back in 2006, age myself a little bit there. And uh, 2005 is when we were married, but 2006 is when we moved overseas. And, you know, we found ourselves in Asia, not a place that I was necessarily planning to go to, but it's just the place that the Lord opened up for us. Um, and very unique places, you know, I mean, obviously Asia in itself is, you know, for those who've never been there, just feels like this, this crazy, interesting, you know, new place, but we were out more towards central Asia where you have, uh, it's very Muslim background. Um, it's very uh, different than the Asia that tends to come to our minds when we think Japan and China and all of these other countries. And so it was an interesting, unique blend for my wife and I, um, and it was a great way for us to build a marriage. Like we were only married for a year when we moved overseas wow. and to, to build that marriage over there was great. And that has really, you know, now I've spent the majority of my adult life uh, out in Asia, whether that's in, you know, greater Asia or Southeast Asia. And it's been just a life altering, but also just a wonderful and hard experience all at the same time. Oh, I can only imagine. So tell us what has your life as an expat overseas taught you about the value of the church and the importance of scripture? Yeah, well, there are so many things, but I think the first thing that I recognized when I moved overseas with my wife, and especially after we had our two sons, I've got, like I said, two sons, one's nine years old now, one and one is four. And I think what I recognized most, especially as a dad, is how much I relied on the church to take over certain roles uh, that, you know, it is obviously part of the church's job, but it's also my job, right? So mm -hmm. there's a women's ministry, there are kids ministries. And sometimes, you know, in my life in the US, I have inadvertently allowed the church 
to take on that role only. Oh, you know, hey, it's it's the church's job to teach my kids what it means to, you know, to grow in Christ and what what mm-hmm. the Bible is talking about and all these things. Or, you know, if my wife's having a hard time, it, it's so much easier for me to say as a husband, you know, just go over to the women's ministry. Why don't you go hang out with the women, do that women's Bible study. You go overseas, you know, to places we were at places where, you know, really there were only house churches and underground at that for that matter. And so for my wife and I, if there was a problem, I, I didn't necessarily have that crutch to rely on. Or if my kids go to, you know, if we have Sunday gathering, I don't have a kids ministry to to rely on there. That's that's my role. And, and all of us individually, I'm speaking obviously from the perspective of a dad and a husband, but even for my wife, it was the same thing. And for, you know, anybody, a single person going out there, understanding that, okay, wow, I've I've got to now rely on on God for a lot of this and understand that 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 is enough. I don't have like the church God built the church for a reason. He gave us community for a reason, but he communes with us on an individual level and so there's a lot that we can learn about being forced into that very individual way of having to do life and it was good for my marriage, it was good for me personally and hopefully I'm continuing to learn as I go along. Oh. I bet you are. Yeah, it's it is a big job to to raise children in the faith, and it's <laughs> yeah. nice to have the community of believers. But like you say, when you're in different circumstances, um, more emphasis is placed on the mom and the dad filling that role. So. Well, I love what you've been able to do, Ellen. I mean, like even with your daughters, it seems it's great how you've built that that you know, where the three of you are, are and, and uh, you know, the four of you, I guess, are, are being able to do this all together is really cool. And I hope to be able to, you know, even as we're talking about this Bible memory stuff, I'm trying to get my boys who are just slightly, slightly too young, but, but they're getting there involved in that too, because I want that to be a part of their lives. Yes. And honestly, I can't take any credit <laughs> for, <laughs> for barely any of that, because it was really God's doing. And I, He's, he's definitely uh, molded and shaped me um, as much as he has them throughout that yeah. entire process. But I'm very grateful. It, and it really is a joy to be able to do ministry together with your children, especially when they have a passion and fire for it. You know, you're not forcing them yeah. to go to church and they have their arms crossed exactly. and you know it. Uh, but to do ministry together is a beautiful thing. So tell me about what really pushed you to make scripture memory a priority again in your life. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. 
So in high school and going into college, I had memorized the book of James, which we were talking, I think, is, is yeah, it Ashley who's in the midst yes. of James right now? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was in the same exact boat. So I had memorized the book of James and it was, it was, it was tough, but I eventually got through it. And um, even, you know, 20 years later, I'm not, I, maybe it's more than 20 years at this point, but I, I still remember a lot of that and I've gone through now and reviewed it. So now I remember all of it, but even thinking back to, you know, before I started reviewing again, where it was just like, wow, that, that really stuck with me, but I did that. And it was kind of just one of these one-off goals. And I didn't think much about it at the time. Um, living in central Asia, like I was saying, it, it, um, it put us in a, an interesting position. We were in a place, like I said, that um, it was it was stable, but it was also very politically sensitive. And there was a lot about being a Christian in that place where we weren't we weren't hiding that, but we also weren't you know just broadcasting. I wasn't sitting on the on the sidewalk and just you know sharing my faith out loud and in, in front of everybody. Um, but that also brought some unique challenges. And one of the biggest, you know, is actually one of the most pivotal moments in my life personally was being taken in and falsely accused of a number of different things, mm-hmm. mostly related to faith and finding myself in a place where I was being held in, in a, basically a, a jail cell. And it, it's looking back now, it's like, I can say, oh, you know, that first time was only a day. And then the second time was only a number of days. And, and, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but when you're actually going through it, I promise you, if you find yourself ever stripped of everything, right. You see, you walk through the doors. I'm, I'm closing my eyes right now. Cause I'm like visualizing it for a moment mm-hmm. where I was, you know, walked through the doors and they took everything from me, right. Everything that I had in my backpack, they took my phone, they took my computer, they took everything, my watch, you know, I have like this digital watch and, and they could, they wouldn't even let the digital watch go through and they take me down to this holding cell and I stay there. And, you know, if you've ever sat in one place for 30 minutes, it seems like a long time, but then you sit there for an hour and then three hours and then six hours. And you start to like, think about a lot of things that time begins to go very slowly. And a lot of things start going through your mind. And one of the things, and I think it was, you know, a legitimate fear for me at the time was what if I'm here for a long time. What if these false accusations pan out to something, you know, that obviously is something that I don't want? What, where do I find myself? And again, everything being stripped away from me, I, I took inventory of what I had and what I had was only what was in my brain. And I didn't have as much as I thought I did. And I mean, I challenge anybody right now who's listening or watching to think, all right, well, what if I had all of that stripped away? What if I didn't have access to my phone where a lot of us read or listen to mm-hmm. the Bible? What if I don't have the physical Bible that I you know, carry around or keep on my bed? How much could I come up with? And even of that James that I had memorized before, that was the majority of what I could pull from my memory was what I had invested back in high school and college. And even that amounted to maybe 20 to 30 verses. And it's not that I was ashamed of that. I think that's probably very normal for Christians nowadays. I think I was more sad about the fact that, wow, this is all I'm going to have to think about, to feast on for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. And that scared me more than anything else. That was, that was one of those things where, wow, I, 
what am I going to, what am I going to do? And so having left that situation, thankfully, the, you know, God was very gracious to me and my wife and my boys um, to pull us out of that situation after an extended period. It's a, it's a long story, but more than anything, I walked away from that going, you know, with a couple things. And one of them was, wow, there is a possibility that in our lifetime, in your daughter's lifetimes, our access to the Bible will be limited in some way. Maybe not fully taken away, who knows. But I do know that throughout some parts of the world, even close to where I'm at, you cannot have that Bible very easily in your possession. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that I I realized that there's a, there's a verse in Psalm 119.11, you know, most of us know it, where it talks about hiding God's word in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I've always, it's an interesting word, Ellen. Have you ever thought about that? Why does, why does the Bible say hiding the word in your heart? You know, why didn't it just say put or, you know, place or something? It, It uses the word hiding and that never became more important to me than at this point where I realized, you know, they can take a lot away from me, anybody, whether it's a government, whether it's people, you know, people of any place or kind, they can take a lot away from me. But there's one thing, there are a couple of things that they can't take away. They can't take away my identity in Christ and they can't take away what I've hidden in my mind. It, I've hidden it. It cannot be taken away. It's a treasure that is hidden. And that has, you know, it's that was, I love reading that verse now because it takes on a whole new meaning for me. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine where your mind must go in the minutes and then the hours um, that go by. Um, but how amazing just that God had already planted James in your heart and you had that to cling to and then really just how God worked through that and inspired you to this amazing journey. Um, During that time that you were incarcerated um, and interrogated as a Christian in a foreign country, how did you see God most clearly? If you can see behind me, for those who are listening, you can't see, but I actually have a um, something that I printed on a plaque because it's it was the seminal moment for me um, was being interrogated and being accused, like I said, falsely accused, but still that that accusation. I remember the questions and the questions going round and round uh, until it felt like you know just the walls were really closing in on me, and you know this goes maybe beyond just what we're talking about here, but even as a dad and a husband, like the, the thinking about missing out on those mm-hmm. being able to be a dad, you know, or being like those, those type of fears just, I mean, it, it was hard enough that it was, it was a true Testament that the spirit was in the midst at that point that I wasn't just like breaking down. Like I, I, I consider myself a semi, strong-willed person, but you get in those situations and it's hard to maintain sanity when you're thinking about, wow, what if I can't see my kids for a couple of years? What if I can't be with my wife? What if I don't like all of these things that, that bear down on you? And it was in that moment that the interrogator actually asked me and he yelled it to me. Uh, he had a specific reason for yelling it, but to me, it, it was, he was actually, if you can imagine a, a person who wants nothing but bad for you, speaking the words of God on God's behalf, because he looked at me and he said, what is your identity? And that was the moment that, of course, he's asking me whether my identity is any of these other things that I'm being falsely accused of. 
But in that moment, I was like, it was the Lord speaking to me and saying, what, what is your identity? Mm-hmm. Is your identity in the work that you've built, in the place that you're living? Is your identity, even as a dad or as a husband, the mm-hmm. most important thing? And if I, that, all of that were to be stripped away, are you okay with just being a child of God, of letting that being the foundation and the only thing of your identity, and then everything else just growing out from that? <laughs> And that that moment of the Lord speaking to me gave me just a small amount of peace. I'm not going to say that everything was then great after that, but it gave me that peace that I could hold on to for the rest of that time until the Lord, again, was very gracious to let our family leave and return back home. But that question has stuck with me for a long time. And it's one that I ask people regularly, including you or anybody that's listening or watching, is what is your identity? If you were to lose, you know, your job or your college scholarship or whatever it is, if that were to totally break you apart, then your identity has been put in something that is, you know, that's not eternal. That's not going to last the test of time. There's only one thing that can, and, um, and trying to realign our identity is, is, uh, for me, at least it's a lifelong process. Yes. Amen. Amen. I know, especially having sort of become a a believer more when I was in my 30s, I can look back now very clearly and see where my identity was not in Christ through so many years and just Mm -hmm. uh, what freedom you have when your identity is in Christ. Um, So on this journey of Bible memorization, and we have your background now, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening that, you know, their their head just starts hurting already (laughs) when they think of Bible memorization and maybe had bad experiences growing up trying to, they were forced to memorize all kinds of things or whatever the case may be. It's just hard. Um, what do you say to those people who just either uh, say they don't have the time to memorize the Bible or they just don't have a good memory? Yeah, I think all of us have a better memory than we realize. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I'm not a great marathon runner, but you know, it's also because I haven't actually exercised those muscles to go out and run a marathon. Uh, I ran the numbers. I, I was looking it up. Our brain has a certain amount of capacity. And I, I know because I can look it up how big the Bible in terms of text takes on our you know, phone or our computer. And did you know that if you were to memorize the entire Bible, it's only 0.000001% of your brain capacity. Like it's not that God hasn't given us the capacity Mm. to be able to memorize. It's, it's more just how we've gone about it in the past. Sometimes maybe, you know, we just, we've wrote, memorized something. uh, And maybe as a kid, it just wasn't something that we were passionate about. And so we're being asked to memorize something that it's like, I don't really want to do this, but I'll have to do it. And so you just kind of have to do it. And that implants this almost negative experience alongside this idea of memorizing the Bible. But the fact is, is that if you take the time, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of time. I know some people that memorize a verse a week. I mean, a verse a week is not that hard. Uh, it's, it's certainly doable, but, you know, just taking and, and setting aside that time to do it, you'll find that, that you can actually 
spend that time because it's, you know, if, if you set that side of time, if you, if you block it out, whether it's in the morning or the evening, just five or 10 minutes to write it down in your journal, to speak it out loud, um, not just sitting there and, and, you know, reciting it in your brain, but to go through the process of getting all of your senses involved. That's been one of the most helpful things for me. When I memorize, like I, like I said, let's say the book of James, I've actually recorded it on my phone in my voice memo app. And then when I take my dog on a walk in the morning, I'll spend five or 10 minutes just listening through my own self saying it. So it's in my own inflections and my own pronunciation mm -hmm. saying it for five or 10 minutes. And it's that washing of my mind in the word um, that is what helps differentiate in my mind between just reading and memorizing because both are good. I'm not going to say that spending time reading the word is not a good thing, but there's something about memorizing that helps you internalize. As I'm going through the book of, let's say, um, Galatians is a great example. Galatians, Paul is frustrated with the people in Galatia because of the things that they're getting involved in, the things that they're doing. And it's not until you repeat it over and over and over again that you've feel that frustration. Mm. It's like how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone. Like he's, he's, he gets into it. And I love that feeling of being able to find, like, it's that click feeling of like, wow, I, I can feel the tone a little bit better now that it's just become, I've internalized that part of the word. So I think that we, if we want to, if we really set it as something, you know, pray about it and work with the Lord to say, is this something that you want me to do that I can, I'll spend, let's just say five or 10 minutes. You can set aside the time. And then there are methods to make it more fun than just repeating it in your mind over and over and over again, that can maybe give you the confidence to know that your brain is capable. You are capable, especially if you're listening to this and you're young, mm -hmm. you are capable of memorizing the Bible. It's just a matter of doing it and gaining the confidence that you can. Yes. And you know, what came to my mind when you were saying that is actually, um, I was in the car recently um, and my daughter put on this channel. We were, we were not in our hometown. So we were out driving and it, we put on some random channel on the radio and it was like songs from like the eighties. <laughs> and I just started singing them all you know, just singing them. And yes. my daughter's looking at me like, you know that song? And I was like, it's amazing how it just comes right back. You no know? kidding. And so I feel like what you're describing there as you're internalizing it, you're imagining yourself what Paul's feeling as he's talking, you know, to the Galatians and just, I don't know. It, that's what came to my mind when you said that. That's Oh yeah. I, so my boys, I'm introducing them to old school DC talk, which is what I grew up with. Uh, it's an old, it's a, it's a band that was really popular, kind of introduced rap a little bit to mainstream Christianity in, in the, I guess, nineties or maybe it was eight. No, it was nineties. And I brought it out and it's the same exact thing, Ellen. I started like wrapping the lines with boys. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't played that music in so long. And they were like, dad, you're awesome. You know, they're still young. So they still think I'm pretty awesome. But yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. Um, well, you sort of elaborated on, on that tip. Do you have any other sort of memory building tools or techniques that you would also like to share? Um, yeah, I, I think, there are a lot of different ways that 
you know, that I, I have my own memory method that I've talked about, you know, on my website or on the YouTube channel that just kind of goes through what I do. But I also recognize that there are so many different methods. And I love talking with different people who've done it differently because I can pull ideas from them. So there are some people I know, she, one lady I've, I've talked talked with, she literally photocopies the page in her Bible that she's trying to memorize. Cause you know, it's not practical maybe for us to like literally carry around our whole Bible everywhere we go, mm-hmm. but she photocopies it and she keeps it in her pocket. And what we don't realize a lot of times is that visually we, we are very visual learners. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, even if we don't say you're a visual learner, we still, we can, we have very good spatial awareness. I can walk through the house that I grew up in, in my mind and even seeing the verses on a piece of paper and knowing where the those words are at, that triggers something. And so she keeps that along with her. And I love that idea. Um, I love, like I said, you know, putting it in um, audio format and having myself listen to it. Um, I use what are known as memory palaces, which is a technique that's been around for a while, but it's, it's where I take and I take a, a room that I know really well and I attach items of information to that room so that I can literally walk around and then find where that's at. Um, all of these things. But I think when it comes to review, so practically speaking, I'm giving you more like theory, but practically speaking, if you're just starting out, uh, one of my favorite apps is one called the Bible Memory app. Uh, I think it's just BibleMemory.com. Um, you, it's there's a free version, and then I think there's a really cheap uh, premium version that you can upgrade to. But it allows you to to put in what verses you're memorizing, and then it uses what's known as spaced repetition to help you um, memorize it well for long term. And what that means is, yeah, you you memorize it first, and then it'll it'll bring it up to you again the next day. But then after that, it'll wait two days. And then after that, if you do it right, it'll wait a week. And so it's kind of training your mind to maintain that memory for the long term. So instead of just saying it once every day for 30 days and then forgetting it, mm-hmm. I prefer being able to have that spaced repetition. And the Bible Memory app does that really well. Oh, that's great. I think they used to be called scripture typers. They might have been. I've only known them since Bible Memory app. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that that is an awesome, awesome app. I highly recommend it. You yep. know, one one of the simple things that I do is on my computer, which I seem to be on a lot. Um, <laughs> when it goes into screensaver mode, it has a password protector, and I that's how I learned the Romans Road. All the verses to the Romans Road was every time I would add the next verse. And, you know, oh, nice. Romans 8, 38, 39, and then I would make myself say it before I would allow myself to get in. Yeah. So you can just, yeah, try to incorporate it maybe into just some daily things that you're doing also. Um, can I say something yeah, real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. One, one, one thing I wanted to mention. So like I said, YouTube, you guys are into YouTube, so you know that YouTube gives... Uh, creators a, a, a large amount of data on the back end analytics to let you know kind of who is watching, who is, you know, what the demographic is. And when it comes to Bible memory, I've been fascinated by the fact that if I were to look at my demographics, it is 80% female and it is over 60%, no, excuse me, it's over 70% if I go down to like 55 years and older. Wow. So, 
and the way that the YouTube algorithm works is it it tries to find people who it thinks would be interested. And one of the things that I was really hoping to say, because I know that the the Coffee and Bible Time YouTube channel and, and podcast are, are very much for the younger uh, lady generation. And I wanted to encourage, I mean, I think it's true for men and women, but I really wanted to encourage the younger women mm-hmm. to make this a priority. I mean, even YouTube doesn't think that you want to, but I think that it's something that that we should. Um, One of the things, one of the guys that I really like, his name is Dr. Andy Davis. He's a pastor in North Carolina who wrote about, um, about scripture memorization. He says that Bible memory is kind of like buying Amazon stock back in the 1990s, where if you knew back in the 1990s, just how much value there would be in the 2021, 2020 time, you would have bought up as much as you could. And if I can express to you, that's listening or watching just how valuable, it's going to be when you do store that memory up, when you do invest, because it is an investment. It's an investment of your time and it's an investment of your effort. It's an investment of your focus to memorize scripture. But it is an investment that I promise you is going to not just double and triple, but it's going to be four, five, 10 times the investment down the road. And it is worth it. It is worth it to train yourself to do this and to you know hide God's word in your heart, like it says in Psalm. I absolutely agree. And thinking of it too, just in terms of, of, of everyday life. And I know I've had to use it myself, like in a, in a hospital situation when you're with someone and you didn't bring your Bible with, or, and you yeah. have that in your mind and in your heart that you can share with them. So yeah. As we talk about um, Bible memorization, and there's so many books of the Bible, um, and I know there's not a cut and dry answer for this, but based on how you've been working with Bible memorization, where in the Bible would you recommend that someone get started? Yeah, and that's a that's a good question. I think yeah. if you're just starting out, right, you haven't done much memory at all. Um, sometimes it's fun to just go in and you know get those quick wins. Like memorize. It doesn't even have to be a book. You can memorize a chapter in Psalms, or you can um, you know just find something that you really like in the Book of Proverbs or something like that. For me, I have I've got this goal. I mean, it's more just to have something to look forward to and and work towards. But I have this goal of memorizing the New Testament. So I did a very similar thing where I started small, the book of Philemon, it's 25 verses. It it took me a couple days and it was great to be able to check something off, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to finding something to memorize, I think that there are, you know, three things that you really need to be thinking about. One is the length, right? I don't, don't uh, I wouldn't encourage somebody at least to start off with the book of John or the book of Luke or something that has thou- you know over a thousand verses in that because mm-hmm. you know you want to maintain that passion for it and if you're working on year two and you still haven't finished that one you know it, it yeah. could be very discouraging um, but the second thing is to find something that that you can be passionate about right something that has that has meaning for you right? For me, the Psalm 46 has so much 
personal meaning. And so that is one that I've wanted to, you know, I, I definitely want to commit to memory because there are verses in there that, that are attached to certain moments in my life. And if that that's the case for you, then try to find what that is because the, you know, creating that context around that one verse that, you know, can be so powerful. Um, and so then, yeah, finding that, you know, what is the length, what are you passionate about? And then what is, um, something that, you know, that you, that you're going to enjoy for the duration of that time that you're doing it. Um, you know, I think James is a great book. It's five chapters. Um, it's got some great meat in it. It's really good stuff. Um, I've really enjoyed the book of Philippians um, in terms of like those kind of mid-range books, but mm-hmm. you don't have to go for a whole book. Even just, like I said, the chapters, those are great places to start. Fantastic. So I want to encourage all of our either listeners or viewers out there to take those three tips home with you uh, today and really think about what what your options are and then sort of make a commitment. So how about you, Josh? Like, where are you at now in your Bible memorization goals and yeah, I am on book eight. I'm in the middle of Colossians right now. Um, so I've uh, memorized James, Titus, Philemon, uh, Philippians, Galatians, and First and Second Thessalonians. And they've been a lot of fun. I spent a lot of my time reviewing, um, but also enjoying really diving into Colossians and hoping next to hit something that's a little bigger, whether that's Romans or maybe one of the gospels. It, it, like I said, building that confidence is, is a big deal. And for me, getting that, those short wins and feeling like, yeah, this is, this is possible. I think, you know, God did give us the ability and, and I'm starting to exercise my brain more. And so I'm enjoying that process of sitting down, you know, every day and memorizing a little bit. And then every morning when my walk with my dog, uh, reciting a couple chapters. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, And thank you so much for being here today. Before we go, though, I just want to, could you share with our audience um, more about where they can find out information about your YouTube channel and your website? And you have some amazing resources on your website that I was looking at on Bible memorization and just some experts, right? Um, Yeah. So, so. Where can we find more information? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, the website is BibleMemoryGoal.com. And that's also where you can find me on YouTube, Bible Memory Goal. Um, and it's, like you said, I, I don't take credit for a lot of the resources that are there because I've use that as the platform to talk with people who have done this for longer than I have so that I can learn. The, the point here is not to say that I'm the best memory person because I'm just on the journey. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be great. My hope is to encourage and inspire other people to do their own Bible memory by seeing me struggle through the process, right? Yeah. It's not that I've got it all down. It's that, no, I'm I'm having to work hard. And chapter one in Colossians has just been a bugger for me. I don't know why. And, you know, those type of things are what I hope that by seeing the process in action, people will be inspired to say, yeah, yeah, I can and I should do that. Yeah. And it is really inspiring to see someone who has done it. Like you have an interview with a woman who's memorized the whole New Testament, correct? Yeah. Yes. So that's really 
inspiring. Yeah, Susan Heck, she had she's the one that I told you about that printed that copy of her Bible, uh, the page in her Bible. Mm-hmm. She was great, and and yeah, she spends a lot of time, and she's got she memorizes one verse a day. And she's got it mapped out that if she reaches, I think, the age of 90 or 100 or something, she'll have the whole Bible memorized at that rate. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Well, believe in yourself, viewers, that you, you, know, you can do it and pray about it and ask for God's help and wisdom. Absolutely. So, before we go, Josh, just want to ask you uh, something I'd like to do here when we end our podcast, and that is some about your favorites. So tell us, like, what is your favorite Bible? Is it a specific translation or what do you like to use? Yeah, the one that I have is an NIV and it's not for that particular version, but it's the one that my girlfriend gave me when I was in high school, who then became my wife. And it's the one that's, you know, joined with me for, you know, the, not my wife, obviously she's joined with me, but the Bible's been with me to, to all these different countries. And so it's more just about, you know, having that one book that's been that book for, for me, for the entire journey. Oh, that's so cool. How about what are your favorite Bible journaling accessories or supplies or what do you like to use? Yeah, digitally, I'm a big fan of Day One. If uh, if anyone's ever used Day One, it's just I mean, it's a it's just a journaling app. It's not you know particular to the Bible. And then my wife's really into right now and has gotten me into these. I don't uh, forgive me because it may be said wrong, but these dotted journals. So instead oh, of yeah. lines, it's the bullet, dots. like a bullet, bullet journal. Yeah. bullet journal. See, that tells you how well I know it. I mean, but I enjoy using it. So I've got one and and just being able to be a little more creative with that. And my wife's, hers is just beautiful. She does oh. a great job with it. Oh, neat. Uh, and lastly, what would you say is either your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? Yeah. I mean, I've, and when it comes to memory, like I said, the Bible memory app's been my favorite so far. Um, that's the one I really like. So that's, that's what's been open a lot on my phone in the past year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that is a great app. Um, we also at Coffee and Bible Time have another, uh, video on Bible memorization. And that was one of the apps in there that we recommended because it has like, it's kind of like the Quizlet app for kids in school and testing. It's like, it has all these different fun ways to test you, you know, words missing and uh, just different ways. There's something about gamifying it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I think helps in the memorization process. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Thank you. Joy. And I wish you continued um, success in uh, memorizing the New Testament in your your goals that you have set for yourself. And I'm sure by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure you can do it. And so uh, for us and for our listeners, I challenge you also to just check out Josh's um, YouTube channel and his website. You can follow along as he's going to share with us his continued uh, journey in Bible memorization And thank you for all of you who are listening. Thank you for joining us today. You can learn more about Coffee and Bible Time and our beautiful prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Have a blessed day.